This is AgriPulse Daybreak West for Friday, July 2nd. Good morning. I'm Jeff Daly. Here's today's state lines. Canal fix advances. A gas tax holiday? Ty heads to Mexico to talk USMCA. Now here's a programming note. There'll be no Daybreak West on Monday that an observance of the Independence Day federal holiday. A bill on fixing Valley's canals passes another committee. Senate Bill 559, a measure funding critical repairs to conveyance canals in the San Joaquin Valley, passed another policy committee on Thursday. The bill has gained the support of dozens of water agencies and farm groups, but environmental interests have pushed hard against the measure. Brandon Dawson, director of the Sierra Club of California, argued the $785 million in proposed funding violates the state's beneficiary pays principle and would benefit large agricultural entities. Dawson worried taxpayers throughout the state would foot the bill, including those in disadvantaged communities. Michael Lines of Audubon, California, called for amendments adding more oversight to the spending and more scrutiny to the environmental benefits outlined in SB 559. He argued chronic groundwater overdrafting will lead to further subsidence and more damage to the canals. Senator Melissa Hurtado of Sanger countered that the bill would actually help some of the state's most vulnerable communities, some of which have had no water for 21 days. Assemblymember Rudy Salas of Bakersfield added that some communities would not have enough water pressure to put out fires. He noted that many lawmakers on the committee had already approved $100 million for this funding in the budget agreement this week. SB 559 now faces a critical hurdle in the Assembly Appropriations Committee. Republicans seek gas tax holiday. California gas tax increased again on July 1 and now stands at 51 cents a gallon. In response, Republicans have been taking a stand against more taxes by calling for a gas tax holiday and for the state to instead pay for infrastructure improvements with its massive budget surplus. This debate carried over to the Senate floor yesterday as Republican Senator Rosalisi Ochaabo of Ranchero Cucamongo proposed an amendment that would include this in a transportation budget trailer bill. Ocha Abo uh, pointed out the gas increase will cost California drivers an additional $83 million and will also impact agriculture, where fuel accounts for 14% of expenditures. In raising the gas tax, we inherently raise the price of food, further resulting in not just a higher tax at the pump, but also increasing cost in the checkout line, she said. Democrats swiftly rejected the amendment and approved the measure. House Appropriations passes bill with big EPA funding boost. The Environmental Protection Agency would get $11.34 billion, the most ever in history, for fiscal year 2022 under a bill passed by the House Appropriations Committee yesterday. The bill, which provides an increase of more than 20% for EPA, includes substantial hikes for environmental justice and for the agency's geographic programs, which fund water cleanup initiatives for resources such as the Great Lakes and the Chesapeake Bay. In an accompanying report, the committee urges EPA to expedite its work on methods to measure air emissions from concentrated animal feeding operations. 
I'm proud that this bill makes long overdue investments to care for our planet, fight the climate emergency, and meet our trust obligations to tribal nations, said Representative Shelley Pingree, a Maine Democrat, the chairwoman of the panel's Interior and Environmental Subcommittee. Republicans offered a series of amendments at the hearing to, among other things, defund the Biden administration's 30 by 30 plan. You can read our full report at agripulse.com. USTR to travel to Mexico for more USMCA talks. U.S. Trade Representative Catherine Tai and Canadian Trade Minister Mary Inge will travel to Mexico City July 7th to meet with Mexican Economy Secretary Tatiana Cloutier, resuming the U.S.-Mexico-Canada talks that the three began in May, according to a statement released by the Office of the USTR. The meetings are an opportunity to continue the productive dialogue established during the first Free Trade Commission meeting in May and show how the United States, Mexico, and Canada are working together as friends, neighbors, and allies to build a more competitive, inclusive, and resilient North American economic partnership, the U.S. agency said. European Commission advances cage-free proposal for farm animals. European Commission has announced it plans to have a legislative proposal to phase out caged farming of certain animals by 2023. The announcement came as a response to a European citizens initiative called End the Caged Age, which garnered more than a million signatures. The initiative specifically calls for a ban on caged farming of laying hens, rabbits, pullets, broiler breeders, layer breeders, quail, ducks, and geese, and of fairing crates for sows, sow stalls, and individual calf pens. Though restrictions on cages are already in place for hens, broilers, sows, and calves, the group asks that there be no exceptions. The proposed legislation will be included in the farm-to-fork strategy as a part of the revised animal welfare legislation, according to the EC, and the Commission will consider the feasibility of implementing a total ban by 2027. Animals are sentient beings, and we have a moral, societal responsibility to ensure that on-farm conditions for animals reflect this, that EU Health Commissioner Stella Kierakides in a statement. Washington Appeals Court rejects dairy discharge permits. A Washington State Court of Appeals panel has invalidated two discharge permits granted to dairies in the Yakima Valley, finding they do not adequately protect surface waters and groundwater. Now comes more hard work because in Yakima County, less than a fifth of CAFO dairies have permits, said Gene Mendoza, executive director at Friends of Topish Creek in Yakima County. We look forward to a time when all CAFOs in Washington are under a strong permit. Mendoza's group was among a coalition of environmental groups that challenged the permits, including Puget Soundkeeper Alliance, Community Association for Restoration of the Environment, Sierra Club, Waterkeeper Alliance, and the Center for Food Safety. In a news release on Wednesday, the group said they had, quote, argued that state and federal law required more rigorous permit conditions and that such measures were necessary to protect drinking water from nitrate pollution and to protect shellfish beds and the public. 
Dan Wood, executive director of the Washington State Dairy Federation, said the group was disappointed with the decisions finding that a method for determining when to make the first application of nitrogen fertilizer in spring applied to the entire state, not just western Washington. We look forward to working with the state's Department of Ecology to more thoroughly evaluate and incorporate proven technology and management practices into new CAFO permits, Wood said. Here's today's She Said It. If we don't do something about it now, today, because we're long overdue, we're going to be in some serious, serious trouble. We already are. That's Senator Melissa Hurtado on restoring safe drinking water to rural communities through SB 559. Well, that's Daybreak West for this Friday, July 2nd. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak West, I'm Jeff Alley.